0: chapter seven of Geoffrey the knight and the fair Brunissonde by jean bernard marie Lafont. this librivox recording is in the public domain the black knight well pleased at augier's words which seemed to raise his heart by fuller span Geoffrey spurred bravely on and by the morrow safely reached the spot his host had named while he was passing through the scattered tents the knights who stared at him exclaimed aloud behold a man who has ridden the night long and hastens forward but to seek his loss seeming as though he had never heard the words he to the noble castle straightway hied which seemed most rich and sculptured with fine art seeing a portal set with marble leaves and tinged of various hues he there got down secured his horse and near him Placing both his lance and shield, he passed within the door. At first his eyes no other forms beheld than those which awned the walls. But as he wandered on from room to room, he came at length where lay the wounded knight, and at his couch two dames in robes of woe and tears upon their cheeks. He was counselled by good Ogier, then he to the elder went, and prayed her courteously in heaven's name to tell him where was Tola and why the people of that land he left did day and night so weep charmed with his breeding and his knightly words the lady then explained that tola whose brutality and pride exceeded bounds would in eight days return he comes she said to glut his cruelty upon the wretched man who yonder lies seven years agone he with his lance did wound him cruelly and when that wound is healed each year upon the feast day of st john he has him fastened to a stake hard by and beaten with a scourge until the wounds are opened once again for this the vassals of the neighbouring land of brunisande whereof this knight is lord weep and lament and e'en do put to death those who would spy into their cause of grief lady sir jaufry said pride slays its lord and by that pride i trust will Tola fall in eight days time to seek him i will come and i can truly say that term will seem a year commending her to heaven he left those halls mounted again his horse and took his way towards a neighbouring wood where he did trust some man to meet to lodge him at his hut the wood was gloomy intricate and dense and at the first cross-road before him he beheld squatted beneath a pine a hag whose aspect struck him with surprise her head was larger than a portal's arch her eyes were small as deniers bleared besides and blue misshapen and deep sunk beneath projecting brows her lips were black teeth red as orpiment which jutted out unseemly from her jaw her arms were sinewy and her hands all knots her face was colourless and wrinkled o'er her body puffed her shoulders round and high her legs were skinny and of brownish hue her knees were pointed her toe-nails so long no shoe could ever have enclosed her feet A verdant wreath encircled her white hair which stiffly stood on end her undergarment was of linen fine her robe of ruddy silk and over all a scarlet mantle fell with ermine lined jaufry saluted her meanwhile with awe he gazed upon her figure strange and ugly face she turned her head and without moving from her darksome seat exclaimed retrace thy steps sir knight and that at once not so indeed quoth jaufry till i learn why thou dost tell me thus to flee away thou wilt repent it then the hag replied and death or dungeon shalt thou surely find and wherefore so go on and thou wilt learn tell me at least with whom i have to strive those thou shalt meet will say and thou too what art thou what thou beholdest the hag exclaimed as rising she unfolded her huge length tall as a knightly lance heaven sir jaufry cried in thee i trust what figure have we here dare to pass onward growled the wretched hag and thou shalt meet with worse nathless they stay not me as to thy threats he said i hold them as the wind or nothingness pricking his charger as he spoke the words he passed along the path the hag however had but told the truth for as he reached a chapel small a holy hermit served a knight of sable hue mounting a sable horse with sable arms assailed him with such strength and unawares that horse and knight were on the turf o'erthrown jaufry all red with shame at once upsprang and sword in hand wished to avenge his fall but lo no foe was there he looked about above around below but horse and knight had vanished quite away again he mounted on his charger's back when at the instant his strange foe returned with lowered lance to strike at him again Geoffrey prepared now flew at him in turn they midway met with shock so terrible each rolled upon the earth half wild with anger then quick as the lightning Geoffrey was afoot with shield on guard and ready for the fight but ne'er a foe was there i will yet find him out sir Geoffrey said as in his saddle he again did leap but scarce was foot in stirrup firmly set back returned the sable knight hissing and growling as the thunder doth when tempest vex the air and for the third time bore him to the ground jaufry on his side had so aimed his lance it pierced his foe right through and cast him on the turf but when he wished to give the coup de grace in vain he sought the knight he neither saw nor heard good heaven jaufry cried where hath this recreant this demon fled i drive my lance a fathom through his breast i hurl him to the ground and yet he flies and doth escape my wrath o gracious lord in thee i put my trust again he mounted as he spoke these words when the invisible once more appeared unhorsing him anew why re-describe the scene while daylight lasted still this game went on when off his horse no creature did he see as he sat him on his charger's back the sable knight appeared to strike and hew weary of fight sir jaufry then resolved to go on foot into the chapel gate but as he took his way the spectre then his onward footsteps barred so that the battle did again commence and in the darkness without pause went on for half that night their swords and lances clashed so that bright sparks of fire upward flew fatigued at length to hear such din of arms the hermit rose and with his stole and cross and holy water chanting a psalm forth issued from his cell the sable knight did not attend his coming shrieking aloud at once he disappeared albeit behind him leaving such a storm as suffered no allay until the chapel bell rang out the matin hour sheltered by this good man sir jaufry asked and thus obtained from him the secret of the knight with whom he had fought so long friend what thou askest i'll tell thee in few words this knight in sable armour is a fiend evoked from realms of darkness by a hag whom thou perchance hast met upon thy way this hideous wretch once boasted as her spouse a monstrous giant whose most wicked acts for twenty leagues around had spoiled the earth. As mortal, all ferocious though he be, is ne'er without his peer, it hap this giant did return one night, so grievously ill-used, that at the end of three short days he died. The hag, then, fearing for her own sad life and that of her two sons, called by her magic from the lower world, that evil spirit who for thirty years these lands hath vexed meantime her sons have waxed in years and strength and closely followed in their father's steps grown leprous one he dwelt within a house built by his mother by the force of spells whither his brother hath set out in haste enraged and tossed for that the rumour saith a knight of arthur's court the wretch hath slain and it be true may heaven all-powerful defend that knight he will endeavour to defend himself quoth Jaufry, smiling and the raged giant if he held the wish need not have gone so far to find him out i am the man who did this brother slay and by whose hand the wicked spell was burst eight days being fled the hermit chanted mass and at the altar prayed the holy saints to guide sir jaufry and protect his life against the monster's wrath having devoutly joined him in the prayer the son of like a valiant knight did joyously set out and scarce had ridden for an hour's space when he beheld the giant swiftly come bearing beneath his arm with the same ease as he had done a child a damsel who did utter doleful cries her voice was hoarse from screaming out for help her yellow hair which sparkled in the sun upon her shoulders all dishevelled fell like molten gold her robe was torn her eyes were swollen with tears scarce by saint mary had she strength remaining to implore help of jaufry the knight with pity touched heard not in vain the prayer his shield advanced his lance within the rest at the giant rode and called aloud that he should loose the maid letting her truly for an instant go the giant ran towards the nearest tree and pulling at the trunk unearthed it roots and all before however he had done so quite jaufry had plunged his lance into his side checked by the stroke and trembling in the hand the giant's blow lost half of its effect yet nevertheless, it bore to mother earth both Geoffrey and his steed the knight full quickly leapt upon his feet and with his ready sword struck at the monster with such vigorous hand he sliced from off his flank a palm of flesh and through the gaping wound one might behold his beating heart while streams of blood poured through exhausted tottering still the giant overthrew the knight by striking with his fist upon his helm but though his sword escaped from jaufry's grasp it was too late for harm the giant fainting fell on this the knight hewed off his monstrous feet when in all gentleness the maid he raised for she had kneeled at her preserver's side and thus did say accept my lord a thousand grateful thanks for more than life have you preserved for me in saving me from him Damsel, Sir Geoffrey answered, God for ever aid you. But explain, how ist I find you here? My lord, tis easy to relate the tale, but yesterday I in an orchard strayed, to which my mother had conducted me. It was our usual walk, when, as we left the gates, behold, yon giant suddenly appeared, seized me at once, and to his castle now was bearing me away, when you, Sir Knight, so happily stepped in i thank great heaven it was just in time but where i pray you was your worthy sire and where your brothers when this giant came hunting within the forest good my lord but you surprise me asking of them one fain would say that you did know them all and yet methinks i ne'er have seen yourself sweet damsel yea and that few days agone twas at your father's ogier's good house where i at need so courteously were served by you and all of yours Blessed be the hour gentle lord and knight you harbour neath our roof and we how happy to have you for guest by this you see my fair and courteous maid how meet it is that we should service do even to those unknown one knows not who shall go or who shall come they who do hold or they who hold them not or what the future keeps for us in store Well, it becomes us then to render help where help we can, welcome with courtesy and honour guests with shelter and with food, whom chance may send us as they onward go. And where, Sir Jaufry? Then inquired the maid, if I may ask, do you direct your steps? I will explain as we do ride along, but I must haste; time presses, and e'en now I greatly fear me I shall come too late. Remounting quickly as these words were said he then good augier's daughter lifted up and placed upon his horse for he resolved she should not quit his sight until he put her in her father's arms this done he rode apace towards the spot where lay the wounded knight chapter seven